Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecop, Three and Out Podcast. Somehow just watched every snap of the Thursday Night Football game. I did it so you didn't have to. A lot going on this weekend. We got Aaron Rodgers versus McCarthy. Jeff Saturday versus Josh McDaniels. Uh, Tyreek Hill, could he be the MVP, especially if Josh Allen is injured? Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff. Fire in those DMs. Instagram, fire in those DMs. Get your question answered here on the show. Not today, but put one out on Sunday. Put one out on Tuesday. And uh, if you listen on Colin's feed, make sure you subscribe to the 3 and Out podcast. Let's roll. But before we dive into it, my friends at Turtle Box. I love my friends at Turtle Box because you know what this is? It's the holiday season. And you know what the holiday season means? Time for giving. But you know what's hard about time for giving? You never know exactly what to give. Fathers, brother-in-laws, brothers, cousins, nephews, you name it. That's where my friends at Turtle Box comes in. The number one Bluetooth speaker on the market. Battery life. Doesn't get any better. Audio quality, incredible. Outside, inside, loud, crisp, fantastic. Can also personalize the colors for your favorite sports team. Bills fan, LSU fan, USC fan, Minnesota Vikings fan. They got you covered. Here's what you do. You go to turtleboxaudio.com, use the promo code JOHN, J-O-H-N, and get $20 off, plus free shipping. TurtleBoxAudio.com, promo code J-O-H-N, free shipping, $20 off. You can't beat it. I honestly can't recommend it enough. I've been using it every day. Listen to it in the shower. I've listened to it outside back when it was hot and warmer and I was swimming. Took it to the golf course last week, put it in that little cart while we were playing. Fantastic. TurtleBoxAudio.com, promo code John, J-O-H-N, $20 off, free shipping. Go do it now. You will not regret it. Get a get a present for a family member, a loved one, this winter. 
I got you covered. Okay, let's, uh, I guess, dive into the game. Uh, you, you could hear it on Al's voice. I mean, Al's, Al's been in the bright lights well before I was even born. Uh, obviously, the, uh, you know, the, the famous hockey game, 1980. Uh, I was born in 84. So Al Michaels has been a big deal for a long time. And he clearly has been the number one NFL guy, even over Buck and even over Nance for decades now. And I don't truly understand. I mean, I have some theories why he did Thursday Night Football. One, it's you get to trailblaze a little bit, right? You're the first guy, full-time streamer. So even long after he's gone, the first guy that ever jumped at it was Al Michaels. Two, I'm sure they paid him a lot of money. Three, he has his weekends off. Because even when you know, you're doing a Sunday night game, you still probably got to travel on Saturday. Well, what can he do now? He can play golf on Saturday. He can play golf on Sunday. He's got a little bit of time to breathe. But these games, especially the last several weeks, have been awful. And look, no hate to anyone that's a Panther fan or a Falcon fan. For me personally, those aren't the brands that really move the needle for me. Like when I see you guys on TV, if that game was a Sunday, it would be a Sunday morning game for us on the West Coast. I'm sorry, like I'm not a big fantasy football guy, so I can't totally relate to like chiming into every single game because I got a player on that game, but I do gamble. So so I know what it's like to pay attention to games that aren't regional or I'm not a fan of or whatever. That's the division I'm sorry that I just dislike the most. And when I say dislike, just it's pretty meaningless to me. It just doesn't move me emotionally at all. But watching the game tonight, it kind of hit me. Like, David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, who is, I, I, I do think that the Billions, the show Billions on uh, Showtime, or I guess HBO Showtime, was after specifically Steve Cohen, the guy that now owns the Mets. But I've read that parts of it were also David Tepper, who kind of like an Axelrod type figure in on Wall Street. Obviously, one of the great traders of all time. And recently, with how much it costs to buy a team, you have to have so much money, right? One of the stories that happened today, like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to spend much time reading when politicians are going after Dan Snyder. Just tell me when he sells the fucking team. Now, I get if I was a Washington Commander fan, I'd be interested in that story, but that was a story, like, I'm not reading an article on this. Just tell me when they pop him, he goes to jail or he sells the team. Like, I'm done. We've seen a million stories on this guy. But whenever that team is sold, someone's going to buy it for $6 billion. So the market you know, of potential buyers are not me and you. It's, it's a small list of people. We already know them. It's like Bezos, <laughs> like seven other people. So when these guys buy the team at an astronomical value, you know they are used to winning in life and winning at their business. Yet David Tepper and even Arthur Blank, when he bought the team 20 plus years ago, I had to Google it. He bought it in 2001. He inherited Michael Vick. So Michael Vick had been the number one pick the year before. So he got to inherit one of the most spectacular, awesome, fun players in like NFL history in his second year. That's pretty lucky. That's not normal. Most times, you're inheriting a bad franchise. The Browns, the Panthers, kind of what he's inheriting with the Broncos. Now, in theory, like he's inheriting Russell Wilson. We'll see how that plays out. But part of the business when you buy these teams, if you're David Tepper, you hire a guy to be your head coach. And then you pray to God that he can draft you a quarterback. But most of these guys 
great in Wall Street. You know, the Waltons, they own Walmart, Bezos, dominant businessman. They're great at their business. They know how to make money. Yet when you buy the football team, you really know nothing. Like, you might be a football fan, but you don't, like, no scheme. You don't know really what makes a great coach. In your mind, you're like, I know what makes a great leader. I've hired a ton of managers. I've hired a ton of, you know, senior executives. It has nothing in common with a football coach. So you interview all these guys with great resumes that have been winning at various spots, either as a coordinator, as a former head coach, or as a college head coach, and you kind of hope to get it right. Like David Tepper hired Matt Rule, who was extremely successful at Temple and Baylor. But when you look back, it's like he'd only worked one year in the NFL as an assistant offensive line coach, and then he couldn't find a quarterback, and it blew up in his face. Because I'm watching his team tonight, loosely watching his team. That was a terrible game. But the Panthers have a lot of good players, but they have no quarterback. P.J. Walker's a fun little player. He's probably like a third string, maybe like a fringe second string guy. And when you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. And when you don't have a coach, you're fucked. Like, you have no shot. So all these guys buying all these teams are basically just praying to God that they get their coaching interview right, and then that guy can find a quarterback. And let's face it, there's a huge element of luck with finding a quarterback. Just a couple of years ago, and because the media hype, and listen, I, I guess I don't consider myself media, but I'm part of the hype machine. And I fell victim to it. Like, I liked the quarterback class a lot two years ago. Loved Trevor Lawrence. Loved Justin Fields. Was fascinated and intrigued by Trey Lance. Wasn't the biggest Zach Wilson guy, but didn't dispute his talent. And that quarterback class looks pretty terrible. You know, Trevor Lawrence has been very up and down for a guy that was held to such high regard. I mean, I mean, he was he was the level of prospect of an Andrew Luck, of like a Shaquille O'Neal of a LeBron James, of a Bryce Harper. Like, no one can argue that. Anyone listening that follows this game pretty closely knows he was held in the highest of high regards. And it's it hasn't been terrible of recent memory, but it should have been a little bit better a little quicker, just, just in my opinion. And Fields now looks like he's kind of coming on, but we'll see. I mean, Trey Lance has started four games as a shattered ankle. The Jets win only in spite of Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones' average of the day is long. So the quarterback, the whole thing with quarterbacks is the unknown. Think about years before that. Baker Mayfield, complete bust. Uh, Sam Darnold, also complete bust. Josh Rosen, he's like a practice squad guy. There are two quarterbacks in that draft, that are, and they turned out to be really good, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, but no one knows. Coming up in this draft, I love Bryce Young. He's tiny. I'm a big fan of Will Levis' talent, but who knows? So it's just that C.J. Stroud and then all the other guys in this class, no, nobody has any clue. Like most good GMs, I can find a good D-tackle. I can find a good safety. But if you don't find the quarterback, you got no shot. And now he's looking for a head coach again. So even when they go on this head coaching search, which I, I would imagine they've already done due, due diligence, they've already contacted agents, they already have a short list, it's hard to interview people. Like you can't interview coordinators now. You probably could do some back channel interviewing college head coaches, but he's not gonna he's not gonna hire a college head coach after he just did, unless it was Jim Harbaugh. Uh, maybe he'll wait to see what NFL coaches are fired. But again, it's gonna be an educated guess, which you could argue most things in life are educated guesses. The difference is when Bezos was dealing with Amazon, when Jet, when uh, David Tepper was dealing with the stock market. 
when uh, the Waltons were dealing with anything inside Walmart, they knew what they were doing. And they knew how to turn it into a profit. When you own an NFL team, the the, the element of luck, it's kind of like golf. You know, you hit it, even when you hit a good shot, it could easily fucking be land under sand. It, It could easily land plugged in the rough. You know, just as easily it could bounce and be five feet from the green. And you watch him right now, and, you know, you, you just see, like, I, I think the Panthers have a good future, but they don't get a coach and they don't get a quarterback. Did Dave Depper spend a lot of money to keep losing? And on the flip side, I think Arthur Smith is really good. I, I, I've watched their team pretty closely probably for the last month. I watched them kick the hell out of the 49ers. I watched their game last week against the Chargers. I thought they thoroughly outplayed them. Uh, I give them credit. I didn't love the Drake London draft pick. He looks pretty damn good. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is really good. They also don't have a quarterback. I like Marcus Mariota. One time, the the one time I went to Titans practice, he was the starting quarterback. The center at Fresno State, uh, who's now coaching at Auburn, actually, as an assistant coach, was a GA at at Oregon when Mariota was there. And after some press conference and stuff, I went over and bullshitted with him. Took like ten minutes. We talked for a while. Every person I've ever known that has known Marcus Mariota swears by the guy. His character is a 10 out of 10. Fantastic human being. He's a pretty average quarterback, you know? So the Falcons are a good example, kind of like the Carolina Panthers. They got some really good players. And the difference is, like, the Panthers don't have a coach. I think the Falcons coach is pretty good. If Arthur Smith, the son of the dude that created, started FedEx, is a billionaire... And I know people love to shit on like rich kids. If you're a rich, lazy kid, the last thing in a million years you would ever want to do is be an NFL football coach. Because like Google Arthur Smith's uh, resume, he had to work his way up from position coach to position coach, finally became a coordinator. But he's not considered a guy of any head coach, right? Mike Vrabel inherited him. Mike Vrabel got hired at the job and Arthur Smith was already there. And he made him the offensive coordinator. After... Uh, LaFleur got the job at Green Bay. So he's not considered like a Shanahan guy, a Belichick guy, a Sean Payton guy. He's just Arthur Smith. Yet when I watch his teams, and I know he lost tonight. Hell, I know he lost last week against the Chargers. I go, how is he so competitive? You know why? He's really good. His team's tough, and they're fantastic in the run game. He does not have a quarterback. It might seem like he does because he has Marcus Mariota, a famous name, I'm pretty sure Marcus Mariota is like a $2 million quarterback. Marcus Mariota is a backup right now. A, good, a solid middle-of-the-road backup. But he's their full-time starter. Now, maybe Desmond Ritter, the guy they drafted from Cincinnati, can become a starter and maybe they get some gem. I don't know. Uh, I, I, You know, watching him at Cincinnati, I'll be honest, I thought he was pretty average. It's not like they loved him. They drafted him in the third round. But if they can't find a quarterback, like their ceiling is only so high. Because that division is pretty wide fucking open. Tom Brady is, you know, going to be 57 years old. And let's face it, this is his last year on Tampa Bay. He's either going to retire or leave. Uh, The Saints are royally screwed. I mean, the coach is a major question mark, and they don't have a quarterback. And Carolina doesn't have a quarterback or a coach. So the one thing Atlanta has to feel comfortable about is they like their coach, as they should. High-level guy. He has like an ethos. He has something that he can, he has like, when you watch his teams, it's very obvious what you're watching. 
And a lot of young coaches, I say it all the time, when you think of young offensive guys, they like to throw the ball. To me, he reminds me of Kyle Shanahan. He he would, I don't care who his quarterback is, he'd want to run it 40 times a game. And he's good at it. He's a fantastic run schemer. And the better quarterback you get when that is kind of your ethos, you have a chance, especially if they can build up that defense. Now, I don't know much about his GM. Uh, you know, they're going to be drafting probably in like the top 13, 14. If they hit on a pick, uh, maybe they can be competitive. But I'll tell you this. I've watched Arthur Smith now probably fourth full game of the Atlanta Falcons, and that's a lot for me. I mean, I haven't done much watching of the Atlanta Falcons the last three or four years. Couldn't pay me to watch Matt Ryan skip balls into people's hands. And I'm impressed. If I was a Falcon fan, I would be bullish on Arthur Smith. But we got to figure out a way to get a quarterback. Because Marcus Mariota, like I said, fantastic human being. Average quarterback. And they know that. It's not like it's not like they think that he's some future starter for them. The problem, though, is for all these teams without a quarterback, like what do you do? How do you find a guy? If you're not drafting one or two, where the Lions... You know, where the Texans are probably going to be drafting. And let's face it, like whether these guys are worthy or not, those top quarterbacks are going to go there. Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. Like, where do you find the guy? And this is what I get back to when you buy the team. There's just a huge element of luck. I mean, look at look at the Cowboys. How'd they get their starting quarterback? They found him in the fourth round. Look at look at Seattle. They're whatever, six and three. Where'd they find their quarterback? It's Geno Smith. No one thought Geno Smith was going to be that good. Not a soul. You know, how, how did the Rams get Matt Stafford? Well, just randomly, the Lions decided to trade him and they traded multiple first. Like that, those type transactions don't happen that much. So, I don't know. Just, you got to keep your fingers crossed and hope and pray because I would say this for the Falcons. Like I said, I you, you do have a coach that you, you should feel somewhat confident in the future if you can just get him a guy that can throw the ball a little bit. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, 
That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I think the Colts are the worst watch in the NFL. Cardinals stink. They're an entertaining debacle to watch. The Colts are not. And once you, you can't keep firing assistant coach, like the head coach is done. And now I think, obviously the story breaks, they hired Jeff Saturday. And at first I thought it was insane, just like every other human being, because uh, the news broke on Adam Schefter's Twitter, and then like 30 minutes later I'm hacked. I, I have no access to follow me on Twitter. Crypto person has my, uh, my account, so who knows if I'll ever get back. But that's neither here nor there. The reality of the situation is, if I'm sitting in Jim Irsay's seat, I've watched this coaching staff be incredibly awful. Like, it's hard to be much worse than they've been. So what if I'm sitting in his seat going, I'm the boss, I signed the checks, I don't want any of these guys to be the interim coach. So he hires Jeff Saturday, which, yeah, jaw-dropping. But we've seen a couple hires the last couple years be kind of crazy. I don't actually care. And, and I don't think most people necessarily do, but a lot of people, you know, the fake outrage, the Jeff, they could have named Bill Gates the head coach, they could have named uh, Bobby Knight's son the head coach, they could have named Reggie Wayne the head coach. It doesn't matter. The team stinks. A, a putrid team that the whole place is going to get blown up probably beside the general manager. That being said, once you hire him, like, I'm going to pay attention, I'm going to watch his press conference not the one where he's sitting there with the owner, but the one where he's talking by himself. And he got pretty defensive. Now, being a head coach in the NFL is intense. Being at the highest level of any profession and essentially being the CEO is not easy. But there's a reason you get defensive. Hell, it happens to me, it happens to you. Usually because whatever someone's saying to you has some validity. And one thing that Jeff Saturday really hung his hat on in this press conference is he played with the best in the business. Played with Hall of Famers. Played on teams. Fourteen. He was a 14-year NFL lineman. Playoffs 12 times. All that stuff is factual. There is a big gap, though, between you know being a great player and playing with great players than coaching great players. Now, there are always some similarities and some fundamental philosophical beliefs in how you play. But coaching and playing are two completely different crafts. Belichick, Sean Payton, Andy Reid. 
Last time I checked, never played a down in the NFL. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Because playing in the NFL does not equate to being a good coach in the NFL. Just like not playing in the NFL doesn't mean that you can't be a high-level coach. Now, I looked and, and really thought about it. Like There are some guys that had long NFL careers and are head coaches. Mike Vrabel is one, right? Was a longtime NFL starter. Was never like some all-time great player, but very, very good starting player on very good teams. But Mike Vrabel didn't transition directly to being a coach. He, he was a, basically an apprentice under Urban Meyer for a long period of time. First, he just went back to help out his buddy Luke Fickle at Ohio State when that program got blown up. Urban kept him, was there for a while, then went with Billy O'Brien, was a position coach for a long period of time, and was a coordinator for one year. So saw it from a different angle. Doug Peterson, who was a longtime backup for guys like Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Donovan McNabb. Well, what happened? I was there, I think his second year, he was a quality control guy for Andy Reid. Worked his way up a quarterback coach, then became an offensive coordinator. So he learned the craft from from a different position. The reason you have confidence in anything you do is because of the time you put in to doing it, right? Your, your confidence is not created overnight. I saw it was the Marines' birthday as I'm recording this. Happy birthday to all the Marine Corps out there. And listen, I have a ton of respect. Guys, I went to high school with Drew Coker, Brad Bittler, Michael Cleary. Went to the Marines. We, we graduated high school in 03. They went like 04 range. And that was when Iraq was going on. So it wasn't just sitting at the base in uh, Fort Bragg. I mean, it was the real deal. Ton of respect. The ultimate amount of respect for everyone in the Marine Corps out there. And especially people that I knew personally that were in it. But I saw this, this uh, the Marine Corps Instagram, basically this happy birthday kind of montage of highlights. And I, I, I remember watching this famous clip of, uh, uh, I think he was a, a general, I, I don't know his exact position, but he's in this like minute Instagram that the Marines put out. And he was asked like, what keeps you awake at night? And his response was, you know, pretty, pretty intense. He said, nothing. I keep other people awake at night. They struggle to sleep at night knowing I'm here. I mean, you could watch it and go, that's a pretty arrogant thing to say. And then you realize he believes that just like all the Marines are kind of, you know, can be cocky because of the work they put in. Like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning get their confidence from fucking grinding 90 hour weeks on the field, off the field, in preparation for the game. That's their craft. That's what they do. The reason Belichick and Andy Reid and Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, the moment they walk to the position on game day, are confident that they can win is because of they've learned it for years as an assistant coach or then as a head coach, and then the time they have put in honing in on that craft in season and in the offseason. You can only get good at something by putting in time. Now, Jeff Saturday, in fairness, did not claim to be good at this. He basically said, I have no clue. But as I said earlier in the week, it actually got cut out because we ended up going a long time with Colin. Is It is a much, I think I said this to Colin, it's a much easier transition to go from scratch to be a GM than it is from go to scratch to be a head coach. Because I can lean on people as a GM. My college coordinator, my pro director, 
my head coach. It's virtually impossible. It, it is impossible. Now, that doesn't mean that there are a lot of players that if they wanted to coach, they would be good at it. And a lo- probably a large percentage of them will never go into coaching at the NFL level. They'll mess around with high school with their kids and you know lower levels and maybe even college because they're so rich. And the time it takes, like I don't blame anyone worth 200 plus million dollars. It's not worth it to be an NFL head coach. I don't need the money. And two, I don't need the stress. Now I've said if Phillip Rivers, if Peyton Manning, if Drew Brees, they wanted to be coaches and just get into being a quarterback coach and then a coordinator, you don't fucking think they could do it? They could. But it would take time. No different than the reason Peyton Manning was a really good player is because he honed in on his craft since he was like seven years old. Through high school, through college, early on his NFL career, and he developed, you know, the 10,000 hours. And when you see Jeff Saturday, you know, I don't think it's going to work, right? Not not that, I don't think that Bel, Bill Belichick or Bill Parcells in his prime, if you just put him on this Colts team, would have a chance. They're playing Sam Ellinger. But I also saw like when he got defensive, it's because he knows like that this this is kind of crazy because it is crazy. It's very difficult to be an NFL head coach. The time it takes, the ability to deal with all these different people. Like he can say, well, I've been in a locker room with all these people. They're not all depending on you. So if you don't like a defensive tackle or you don't like a corner or you don't like the kicker, it doesn't matter when you're the starting center. Like ultimately, you got to get along with the guys on your unit. As the head coach, you got to get at, not necessarily like everyone, but you got to be able to motivate them. You got to know how they tick. You deal with everyone. Why? Because everyone's staring at you. Why is it hard to be a parent? Whether you have one kid or four kids, they all look at you when it's time to eat, when it's time to go to school, when it's time to do everything. You're the leader of the house. It's no different as the head coach, even as the CEO. Like you're seeing all these people get blown out right now in these tech jobs, like ultimately Zuckerberg probably personally didn't talk to a lot of the people he fired. But when I'm the head coach of an NFL team, a college team, a high school team, I'm interacting, talking, obviously more with some guys than others, but with every player, with every assistant coach. And the only way, like I get natural respect as the leader because I'm the boss, but you also earn more respect over time. Like when you watch Mike Vrabel, Is Mike Vrabel's success have anything to do with his playing career? No one on that team actually gives a shit. You know why guys play hard for him, whether it's Derrick Henry, whether it's Ben Jones, whether it's the dudes on defense? Because they respect him as a coach. They respect when he tells them things about how to get ready for the game, about how to live their life, about the scheme. It's working. It is turning into success. And that's taking time. And I would imagine if he was sitting right here, he'd be like, I learned a lot from Urban Meyer. I learned a lot from my position group at Ohio State. I then learned a lot with my position group with the Houston Texans. It takes time. And let's face it, like this, the only reason Saturday is the coach is because the owner. Like, not in a million years would Chris Ballard have chosen this guy to be his head coach. Because you wouldn't choose an interim coach from outside your building. Now, listen, I've said over and over, Steve Wilkes is one of the worst head coaches I've ever seen, was a complete embarrassment, was a joke. But, like, why did they choose him? Like I said, I think the owner liked him, one. And two, he was already there. So he knows the players and he knows the roster. It's just an easy transition in a tough time. Chris Ballard, whether he likes these guys or not, probably would have chosen a Gus Bradley, 
you know, a John Fox just for an easy transition and then figure it out after the season. But this also speaks to he's playing the Raiders this week. And Josh McDaniels is probably one of the more famous assistant coaches over the last several decades. And his head coaching career is well documented now. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Is a fucking train wreck. Absolute disaster. Apologize to the kids for swearing so much. My mom thinks I got kicked off Twitter. Actually didn't. I got locked out, scammed. Uh, It's stolen for swearing. But that's not true. But Josh McDaniels under no circumstances can lose this game. You can't lose to a head coach who has never coached a game in college or the pros. Who came in in early November. You cannot lose to a quarterback who's never, not only never won a game, never thrown an NFL touchdown. You have to win this game. Like, just period, point blank, end of story. You cannot lose to this version of the Indianapolis Colts. Now, am I confident they win? No, I'm not. I just saw Darren Waller win on injury reserve. Hunter Renfro win on injury reserve. And just, let's face it, the team is pretty lifeless. I would be, I I can't imagine in a weird way, you think Jeff Saturday is nervous? I would imagine Josh McDaniels is more nervous. His team's atrocious. They can't win a game. They've been getting their ass kicked by the Saints two weeks ago. They blow another 17-point lead to the Jags. And now you're playing this guy? I've said over and over, I I, I did not watch the Colts recently. Wouldn't do it, couldn't do it, can't do it. (laughs) Quote my guy Mike Singletary. Can't do it. They were too boring. It was too shitty of a product. They're the equivalent of like, once you eat a bad meal at a place, if you've only gone one time, you're probably not going back. I'd seen enough of the Colts. I wasn't going back. But now I'm paying attention. Just like you. If you're a fan of the Giants, if you're a fan of the Cardinals, Seattle, Saints, whoever, it doesn't matter who you're a fan of. If you're not a fan of the Colts, you're paying attention to this game. (laughs) How could you not? What the hell is Jeff Saturday going to do? We all are. And listen, I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be a one-and-done coach, but you're t- if you lose this game and you're 2-7 and seven and just lost to Jeff Saturday and Sam Ellinger and Parks Frazier, you might be time to start packing your bags. And speaking about packing your bags, like I listen, I've said over and over my personality, I can't operate out of spite and vengeance. I don't do well in anger. Uh, it, it wastes my energy. I, I don't. I'm not productive that way. Some people thrive with that mindset. And, and listen, you have to figure out what works for you, and then take advantage of that. For me, it has to be more optimistic. It has to be more positive. That's when I'm the most productive. Clearly, some players and some coaches operate well, kind of out of spite, out of ven- out of vengeance. Belichick's a great example, right? The moment you start talking shit, it's when he operates the best. The moment he has a specific angle to take you down, it's why does he beat the Jets all the time? Because deep down, for whatever reason, he hates the Jets. Truly hates. Now, I'm not saying that I like everybody and there are some people that I don't like. And if I got the opportunity in a direct one-on-one situation, I would hope to win and get the advantage and I would take more joy out of beating some people. Just like I take, I don't take joy out of other people's failures. But when there are certain people that fail, if you don't like them, you know, I'm not losing sleep over it. And when McCarthy got fired, and I'm as guilty as anybody probably outside like diehard Packers fans that truly wanted him gone for a long period of time, I would have been one of the first to say, Rodgers is right. 
total meathead, had to get him away. Now, I'm not disputing no matter what's going on with the Cowboys these last two years that it was time for a divorce. It had run its course. But the way everyone talked about him, the way everyone shit on him, and then the way the Packers went on to kick ass and take names when LaFleur came in, Rodgers got his swag back, won a couple MVPs. It was like, kind of like Brady Belichick. Oh, clearly it was Rodgers. And I still believe that. If I had to take one guy over the last 15 years, Rodgers or, or uh, McCarthy, we'd all choose Rodgers. Every single person, probably including McCarthy's family. But it's not going well for the Packers. And they are really shitty. And it was one of the predictions that everyone was making, picking Minnesota. I'm like, I don't see it. They got no DBs. The Packers are going to be just as good. What are we talking about? Clearly, at three and six, and the Minnesota Vikings are clear, are currently seven and one. I mean, they're a win and a loss away from this this division being over, like done. Put a nail in the coffin. And think of who can kind of do it is Mike McCarthy. Like Mike McCarthy isn't just having success since he fired Mike Nolan a couple years ago. He's kicking ass and taking names. Now, the playoff loss last year was bad. He was a favorite at home, got his ass kicked by the 49ers. But, bounced back this season, loses his quarterback week one, and then is basically 6-1 and one the rest of this season? Like, in the last two years, Mike McCarthy, 12-5 and five last year, 6-2, he's 18-7. and seven. Like, Mike McCarthy is having a lot of success. Now, he's going to be judged because he's the Cowboys head coach and a former Super Bowl winning coach. How can he do in the playoffs? But like, think about this, and I talk about it with Stucky a little bit later. When I first saw the line, like I didn't pay that much attention to the schedule beside a couple big games earlier in the week. When I saw Packers plus five, I'm like, oh, Green Bay at the Dallas Cowboys. Green Bay still getting some respect. No, Green Bay is at home, at Lambeau. So if you're Mike McCarthy, you come back to Lambeau, where enough time has passed, enough success has happened, he'll get a standing O. But you can kind of, and LaFleur, and Ro- but more specifically, Rodgers kind of season in early to mid-November, and your team would be 7-2 and two with a chance like, all that needs to happen, it probably inevitable. The Eagles are going to lose one of these random games, and if you can just hold serve, all of a sudden, you're just one game back. They're 8-1, and one, you're 7-2. and two. You know, they're 9-1, and one, you're 8-2. and two. You just got to hold serve. But if he's your second running back, like, you're in pretty good shape. So I'm fascinated by this spite vengeance game, even though McCarthy will play it like he feels like he's a happy, go lucky, jolly big guy, right? But deep down, he's got to want this big time and it's advantage him. So there's pressure on McCarthy to win this game. There's pressure on Rodgers and LaFleur just to save their season. Um, This one, for, for a game with the Packers who are a tough watch right now, I'm pretty fascinated by this game. Uh, and then just a couple quick things. NFL in Germany. Uh, who would have thought at the beginning of the season that would have been like the Tampa would have been really good. This would have been a terrible Seattle team. Classic one of those throwaway games. Now, like, can Seattle knock Tampa out? Is Seattle really this good? And they have been so far. And Kenneth Walker's been probably one of the, if not the best rookie offensive player, definitely of late. Uh, Brady somewhat saves that season last week with that little drive. Going to Germany, good little stat. It's kind of crazy when you close your eyes, it doesn't make that much sense. But I guess, you know, Germany's higher up there. The difference of flying from Tampa to Germany and flying from Seattle to Germany actually isn't that much farther. 
you, you would think, you know, it'd be a dramatic disadvantage for Seattle, which I'm pretty sure flew earlier in the week. But the, the flight, I, I forget the exact mileage, but it's not near the gap that you think that it would be. Kind of like Seattle in this game, but you know, you just you never want to write off old Thomas Brady. A lot of MVP talk, and now that Josh Allen, who knows with his injury, I, I just saw on Thursday that he was absent from practice, at least the portion that the media can see. If he's in and out of the lineup for the for moving forward or shell of himself, like he's just not going to win the MVP. And a lot of people are trying to force two into that spot. Here's if this season continues the way it's been going. To me, you know who my MVP would be? Jalen's right there too. But as of right now, Tyree Kill. Like to me, Tyree Kill, beside like Micah Parsons, and they're, they're just not going to give it to a defensive player. He'll win defensive player of the year. Tyree Kill would be my MVP. That guy is that guy is the most important player in the Miami Dolphins. Who, if they go, you know, 11 and 6 or 12 and 5, hell, if they win that division, they've already beaten the Bills once. I'd have no problem voting that guy the MVP. Plus, I've said over and over, I give him a lot of respect. I thought he would go to Miami, kind of like cash out, you know, get that huge third contract, last big contract, and just kind of chill. He has been a dominant force. Uncoverable. He is unstoppable right now. And I give him his competitive character a lot of credit because I, I think a lot of people in his shoes might have done a little mail-in job, and, and he did not. Uh, and then the injured game. Think about this. Last year, they combined for 23 wins. Ironically, they played each other in the playoffs because the way they both lost Week 18. So even if you remove Week 18, which you can't technically do because the 18th or the, or the 17th game, Week 18, because there's a bye week. So, you know, the 17th game is actually a out-of-conference game, and both the Rams Week 18 played the Niners and the Cardinals played Seattle. So they would have played that game. But they were both... One was 12 and four, and the other was uh, 11 and five coming into that game. So all that the that the Cardinals had to do was, especially if the Rams lost, was win the game, and, and they did. They should have won the division, but they combined for 23 wins, and obviously the Rams kicked their ass in that Monday Night Football divisional game, which I'm a fan of. I like a good Monday Night playoff game now. Stafford is in the concussion protocol, and clearly he's a shell of himself this year. He has been, I'll give him somewhat of the benefit of the doubt, even though he's always thrown a lot of interceptions, he doesn't look right. Part of it, their O-line is even worse. Beside Cooper Cup, they can't run the ball. And the Cardinals have been a disaster. I was flipping around HBO Max the other day. Girlfriend's out of town uh, in Mexico for this wedding. I couldn't go, you know, some of us got to work. <laughs> you know, some of us can't just fall weddings, man. People now, granted, this wedding and her friend, you just I, I'm a big spring summer wedding guy, but you got to do what you got to do. I'm I'm not here to tell. Plus, COVID pushed everything back. It, it is what it is. But I'm here working. No, no big deal. Just taking care of the dog. And I was flipping around HBO Max because of, you know I used to watch the show Industry, fantastic show, very interesting, very entertaining. And I, I stumble upon oh the Cardinals mid season hard knocks. I refuse to press play. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry. Anything cool happens, I'll find it on the internet, which those are the things I used to find on Twitter. Now that I'm scammed out, I maybe I won't find it on the internet. Who knows? But I, I'm not watching that. I, I just I just refuse. But the reality is someone who loses this game is the Cards lose their three and seven. And Buda Baker's injured. Kyler's dealing with a hamstring. And hamstring, like most quarterbacks, hamstring is not a normal injury. But when you're, an athlete like him and very dependent on running, 
Like that's Michael Vick got a hamstring injury. I remember like that's part of the deal here. I think is Lamar got one too. It's just not a normal quarterback injury. More concussion because sometimes you get crushed as Stafford is, did get one. I mean, it's not inconceivable that we get Colt McCoy versus Wofford, but it's looking like Kyler will play and then more than likely, I guess it'll just be up in the air depending if he can find, you know, fix the protocol. But for the Cardinals to be three and seven, and there's a lot of talk like it's Kingsbury going to lose his job. I, you know, who knows? Like, I, I don't necessarily expect it, but it won't necessarily just because they own a bunch of money. But who's going to want to coach Kyler? Say the same thing about the Colts. Like, who's going to want to coach the Colts? They fired their coach. They hired Jeff Saturday. So you you work for the Colts. You just know that Jim Irsay is always talking to those Peyton Manning teams. They, they're just kind of going behind your back talking to people. Now, maybe that's just part of the deal in the NFL. The owner has his people that he's going to talk to, but it feels a little weird. I I guess if I had to bet right now, Kingsbury gets another year but and is forced to fire some coaches. But who knows? Maybe I'm crazy. The Rams, like, there's their season from hell. The big picture thing is going to be, if it, let's say they lose this game, you'd be 3-6, and six, you don't have any draft picks, so you're not really into bottoming out because Detroit has your pick. Like, you're trying to win. You're not tanking. There's no reason to tank. You don't have access to anything. Uh, this game is just fascinating to me because... Someone is the loser of this game is going to feel like they're the Detroit Lions. And I'm excited to see who it is. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long long way away with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof racks bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back at it again. Uh, I, I think we have some clarity with my main man, Stucky. Action Network. Follow him on Twitter, an app that I'm scammed, locked out of. And uh, find him on the Action Network. He does uh, multiple podcasts Thursday, Action Network podcast, as well as Big Bets on Campus. Stucky, uh, 
the Arizona Cardinals, I, I think, officially are dead to you, and uh, we can't bet on Frank Reich to lose his money anymore. So uh, I, I think we got some clarity from the gambling gods. Yeah, it's I, I tested fate with – usually it's like after week nine with Cliff Kingsbury is an automatic fade. And I was like, well, it's week nine. Um, let's go with it. And uh, it was just – they're arguing with each other, everything. It was just a disaster to watch. They couldn't even get a snap off. The, Seattle's running the same basic place. You know, Smith averaged two air yards per throw and threw for 270 yards. Uh, just embarrassing preparation. Um, yeah, it was rough. And then, you know, the Colts – think about this. They – the, they knew the plays. They knew New England's plays. They were calling – Belichick came out and said, check letter knew our plays. So he, he's named the new play caller. They Their defense completely shut down the Patriots. And, and granted, Jonathan Taylor didn't play. And they still got absolutely blown out. They averaged 1.9 yards per play, the fewest for a Colts team since the 70s. They – had you were sacked nine times, zero third down conversions, and uh, if, if you're into advanced, that's negative 35 EPA, one of the nine worst offensive games in the NFL over the past 25 years. It was so shitty that uh, <clears throat> I had to watch Jeff Saturday's first press conference as the head coach. He said that Jim Irsay called him during the game <laughs> and basically uh, offered him the job during the game. So, uh, Hard to blame. We can talk shit all we want about Ursay. Hard to blame him. If I owned the team and I watched that, I'd fucking, someone would have to go and we'd already fired people. Like, it was time. You know, not saying. What's crazy to me is, now granted, the Colts tackles, you know, it's not like they're playing with Trent Williams, but their offensive line over the last several years has been one of the more complete units is just abysmal. I mean, you watch, I don't watch them play anymore. Like, I, I, I refuse. Like, I'm, I'm not watching that football I, I don't I don't need to talk about them except like shit like Jeff Saturday but the the actual football is completely me it's terrible to watch and start their offensive line they could have fucking Michael Vick in his prime he'd be running for his life yeah and they have so much money invested in that line too which hampers other parts of their roster if it's gonna be like this because it was supposed to be one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and now it's one of the worst yeah, it's brutal. I, I'm interested to see what happens with Saturday because, you know, some of his quotes, he's just like, you know, I'm not going to be aggressive. I just take points when we can. Uh, just get get yards. I, they might. He's an offensive lineman. My favorite clip of him is, I don't know, when him and Manning were playing together and Manning goes over and just says and starts yelling at him. He points at him. It's one of the few times you'll see Manning on the sideline uh, with a, a live clip of him yelling. And... He Manning says, just effing, just effing pass block, just effing pass block. Uh, and then Saturday's yelling back at him, run the damn ball, run the damn, why can't we run the damn ball? So like, that's my memory of Saturday. If Taylor looks like he's back, it might just be 40 dives uh, on Sunday. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. Do you, do you think, before we dive into a couple games, like Josh McDaniels, can you imagine if he lose to Jeff Saturday and Sam Ellinger? Like it's it's already been a I mean it's one of the bigger it's the biggest disaster in that division and Denver was considered probably the biggest disaster in the league and the Raiders are worse. I mean <laughs> they're fucking 2 and 6. You lose to Jeff Saturday, a guy that's never coached in college or the pros and a quarterback 
who I did I see a stat he's never thrown a touchdown in the NFL, let alone obviously won a game. I mean, so you can't, you cannot, you can lose to Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, right? Trevor Lawrence was the next luck, and Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Like that sucks. It's a, it looks like a bad loss, but like th- those guys are real NFL people. Jeff Saturday, Sam Ellinger. I, I know. I mean, we're t- are we talking about a one and done coach? Yeah, I mean that with all like the the fake Twitter accounts with the check marks, maybe a little foreshadowing. You have the fake Schefter this week tweet out: Josh McDaniels has been fired. Um, maybe that was uh, a little foreshadowing to uh, what could potentially happen. It's it's a mess for the Raiders. Is Carr that, just that worth that anything? Offense. What 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 happened to the the line Jeff Saturday Frank Reich are are they worth obviously Frank's probably worth more points right <laughs> yeah I think the market still has some respect for Reich and has some questions for uh, about Saturday but it's I mean look the line was I uh, you know it, it 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 went up a little bit but it's the Raiders and the Raiders are you know it's not like everyone is rushing to bet the Raiders um. That's not going to be a heavily bet game. It, I can't figure out the Raiders. and it, Technically, you should be buying low on the Colts here. You get Jonathan Taylor back, but I just – that is a game I want to stay far, far away from. Okay, let's uh, let's dive into a game. The, the Jags get a pretty nice win uh, against the Raiders. Playing Kansas City that if you siphon out that Niner game has not really been explosive point team like they have been in years past. So when you give a team, you know, nine and a half points, to me, I mean, it's the Chiefs have not just been some consistent like 37 points on the board. I mean, a lot of times they're in the low 20s. So the nine and a half would be a little tasty, especially coming off, you know, Tennessee, it's weird, right? They're a playoff team, but we don't look at them like a juggernaut. But they are just a consistent team that wins 10 plus games. And that was an impressive win when the Chiefs were not playing well given that Patrick Mahomes just refused to let him lose, like a little bit of a come down here against a team that's ultimately going to be drafting in the top 10. So I, I guess the plus nine and a half uh, makes a little sense. Yeah, I took the plus nine and a half. I mean, uh, scoring's down a little bit across the board in the NFL. Underdogs, as a result, are just crushing it. Margin of victory is down. I think underdogs between three and a half and 10 are hitting at 64.5% this year, which is insane. But yeah, this line's too high. I didn't bet this yet. I'm going to bet it. I will bet nine and a half. But why? It's a dead number right now. I'm going to wait to see if it gets the ten. If it does, I'll bet ten. If not, I still like it at nine and a half. So I'm just. You waiting. think it's more likely to get to ten than nine? <sighs> yeah, I think that it might. You're probably going to have heavy public action on Kansas City. Let's see. It's and then any time it hits ten. It'll get snatched up real quick by uh, sharp money. So, yeah, you know, and going from nine and a half to nine to eight and a half is is meaningless. So, I think it might it might touch ten, but it will not last long. So, I'm going to see if I can grab it. But you know, nine is a dead number in the NFL. But I think it's too many points regardless. The Jaguars have uh, look their top ten in pressure rate, and Mahomes has struggled under pressure this year, and the offensive line is just not playing well. It's just like kind of like the Colts, he was under fire all night against Tennessee. And if you look at the Chiefs' home games this year, they won by three over the Chargers, easily could have lost. They won by three over the Titans, who didn't complete a pass to a receiver with a quarterback who went five of 16. Um, and 
ran 35 fewer plays. They won by one at home over the Raiders in a game they easily could have lost, and they lost to Buffalo. That's been their home results this year. Mahomes, if you're going to fade him, you want to do it when he's a favorite of seven-plus points. He's 12-17 and 17 against the spread. Chiefs have the Chargers on deck, which will essentially lock up the division, you know, coming off a hard-fought game. They probably just, you know, don't need to show a lot. Let's get a lead, and then back door will be open. They'll sit on it. But I also think that Jacksonville can compete here, and – they have all year. They're one, they finally won a close game last last week. They're one in six now in one possession games. They have not lost by more than one possession. They're feisty. Uh, I think ETN Lawrence can move the ball in this Chiefs defense. They can get some pressure. Mahomes will make his plays. Jacksonville's knowing the cover. Kelsey just a little bit too high of a line here. I'll, I'll side with the dog. What's crazy is coming into the season, it's like, well, all four teams can win the AFC West. You know, it's fucking wide open. And now, I mean, the Chargers lose the Niners. The Broncos and Raiders aren't any good. The Chiefs win a couple of straight games. Like you said, they got the Chargers next. All of a sudden, they got hats and T-shirts by the time they're eating turkey, you know, unofficially, right? I mean, it just shows you, man, that you cannot trust those other three teams. You just can't. And the Chiefs just slow, steady this year. Like you said, they have not... They've actually, the eye test, they've struggled at home. I mean, they have just not been the same team. And they're going to cruise, what, 11, 12 wins and win the division potentially by three games? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and it just shows you it's funny to look back at narratives about the NFL and how predictable it can be from a year to year basis. I mean, the AFC, what we thought that division was going to be is somehow the AFC. The East, NFCs? The AFC East, too. The, but in the AFC, oh, yeah. it's like. Who would have thought like the Patriots are in last place and everyone is competing in that division with the Bills and like it's yeah it, uh, you gotta love the NFL. Well, if I would have told you the Patriots are in last place on November tenth, you'd be like, oh, they're you know they're two and seven, yep. they're god awful. Well, it's actually like they're five and four. Yeah, <laughs> they they feel like they're probably going to be a nine or ten win team. Yeah, you know, honestly, I. I Big picture, let's dive into the the Browns at the Dolphins. Like, clearly the Dolphins aren't going away, and a lot of people talk about Tua winning the MVP. If I was betting on the MVP, like, I'm sorry, Tyree kills the MVP of that team. Uh, but the Jets, I mean, I, I don't know. How, obviously, their defense is good, and they've been running the ball, but I, I don't think you can just sustain winning it with their quarterback, who is just a mess. Now, you could argue Mac Jones ain't that much better. I just trust Bill more than I trust Sala, plus... He plays them again, and he always kicks their ass, and he gets them at home because he's already beat them on on the road. So, I mean, if you had to, if you had to pick, if you went Buffalo, assuming Josh is you know going to be able to keep playing, Buffalo, Miami, then would you go Patriots, Jets? Yeah, I mean, I mean is that is that a three playoff team division potentially? Yeah, it could be. It depends on. I mean, if you figure, it depends on what the Chargers do if they can get healthier, which they they got a big couple of games coming up, but they could fall behind quick. And then all of a sudden you're saying it's just the Chiefs from that division. And then Bengals too, if Jamar Chase is out a while. Yeah. And then it's just like, it's just going to be, that looks like just the Titans. So there's some spots opening up. It could easily be a three, you know, crazy scenario, four team. Uh, but I think three is, is pretty realistic. And yeah, the Jets impressed me last week with their defense because they were playing so many backup quarterbacks and getting so lucky at the end of games, but they were playing, you know, one of the best offenses in the NFL. Now, granted, it's a home division game. Weird things happening in, in those. Zach Wilson didn't throw his picks, 
which he normally will. He only fumbled once. He's ultimately going to hold them back. But uh, the defense showed me a lot. They can get pressure without blitzing. You know, Sauce Garner is uh, just so good for a rookie. And their special teams are also playing a lot better. So they'll be feisty, but, you know, they'll start losing some of these close games and Wilson will cost them. Uh, yeah, I trust the Patriots just just a tad more. You could argue the big difference between the Jets, Dolphins, and the Patriots is just simply two is a lot better than obviously Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't need, and listen, I think Tua, the hype he gets on the internet is probably a little stronger than what I watch, but he is much more functional in playing with those guys. I mean, 17 and 10 are fucking monsters. Yep. <laughs> those guys are ass kickers. It's why I, I think you like Cleveland this week. I I just do not trust Jacoby. And I know that they, you know, they look pretty good. What was it two weeks ago against the Bengals on that Monday night game. And I, I think Monday night games for teams that it's weird. The Browns actually aren't a shitty team. They're just playing with their backup quarterback. Who's not going to be the starting quarterback for much longer, but just even bad teams get up for those Monday night games. It, it's a really big deal, especially divisional games. We've seen it in years past when the giants suck. Remember they almost beat the bucks a couple years ago, like just bad teams Monday night. It, it's a, it's a big deal if you're a human being. Uh, so I, I would like Miami, I guess, this weekend. But I, it's weird. Like, I don't even love Miami that much. I just kind of love their two receivers because their defense isn't that great. But I just, you know, Jacoby can just be so hit or miss. I guess you just run the ball consistently. But is that something Stefanski just, you know, I know he takes a lot of shit in Cleveland land about being pass happy sometimes. Yeah, I, I like Cleveland here. I took I took them plus four. I like it a plus three and a half. They've actually been really good on all. Like, they're... They're fifth in EPA per dropback. Their offense is top ten EPA in the on the league this year. They they've just been really unlucky, and they're actually getting healthier too. They're coming off of a bye here. They should get Denzel Ward back. Their offensive line should be at full strength. And if you look at what they've done this year, right? They're three. They have three wins. The Dolphins have six wins. But the Browns here are their losses this year. They lost by one to the Jets game. They should have won. Lost by three to the Falcons game. They should have won. Two to the Chargers, again, they should have won. Three to the Ravens. Held the Ravens at 200 yards, by the way. That's another key here. Brown's defense over their previous two games has figured something out. Garrett's obviously dominating, but they were missing assignments. But they look so much better. The communication was better. They simplified the scheme against the Ravens and then the Bengals. Two good offenses before the bye. So, And their defense was a disaster early in the season. So, yeah, I think their defense is trending up, but that's one in four in games decided by six points or less. Do you know what the uh, Dolphins are? They are 5-0. and oh. They beat the Ravens yeah. by four in a miraculous comeback win. The Bills by two. They got outgamed by 200. They beat the Steelers by six at home. And then in the last two weeks, they beat the Lions and Bears by four and three. So... Why? Well, their offense was humming, but their defense is really bad right now. They also have the worst special teams in the league, if you look at some advanced metrics. But their defense is bad right now, and the reason is they don't get pressure, and their secondary is decimated. So they can't do yeah. anything. They can't They can't blitz. They can't cover. They need to get Jones back. They have a bye coming up. You know, Brandon Jones, they got to get back. Byron Jones, they got to get back. Xavion Howard has been playing hurt. They've, all their backup corners are hurt. They can't stop anybody, and they are just finding ways to win late with that offense by two, three, four. Not going to happen forever. They're, that's what's going to hold them back. Their defense has to get healthier. 
to just – they don't have to be great on defense. Just get a few stops. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Browns off of a buyer, defense trending up. Offense should be able to move the ball on this decimated Miami team. I'll, I'll gladly take over three here with Cleveland. Yeah, I guess when I, and when I said pass happy, I just meant more because obviously Chubb's having an incredible season. He's just called pass plays that have led to like red zone picks for Jacoby that I didn't quite realize. I mean, when you watch him, my, my takeaway is like, <clears throat> I know Derrick Henry's come on this last three or four weeks, but Chubb's the best running back in the league. I mean, he's on pace for potentially like 2,000 yards and 22, 23. He's fucking incredible. And what's the way to slow down a really explosive offense? Kyle Shanahan style, just pound the ball, slow the game down, and don't give as many shots to the other team, right? Yeah, it should be able I mean, to that's, control the ball here, keep their offense on the sidelines. And Brissett can make all the throws when he's under pressure. He just turns the ball over. Yeah, when he's under pressure is when it's problematic, but the offense aren't getting pressure. The Browns have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, should be at full strength this week. And Miami's going to have to be worried about the run. Like, he's going to make some easy play-action throws here against a secondary that is decimated. So, yeah, I think this will be a close game, but uh, I'll gladly take over a field goal here. Crazy thing is looking at some of these offensive stats, if they just had a healthy <clears throat> Deshaun Watson the whole season, it'd be hard to not say this team's a playoff team, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what's sad if you're a Browns fan. If you know if Watson comes back – now, I'm a, we'll talk about this later in the year, but I'm a little concerned if – like Watson hasn't played in 700 days. Like he's not just going to come back and be like, you saw him in the preseason. He looked all, there's going to be rust. Like that's why you have preseason. But if it, you'd say it took him a couple of days, what really hurt the Browns is all of these losses, one and four in these games decided by four points or less. If they were the opposite, right? And won all the they were three flips, and two. They, yeah, they'd like be they fine. Would put themselves in position to get to the playoffs when Watson comes back, and then. By the time you get to the playoffs, even as a wild card, if you have Watson acclimated into the offense, they would have been scary, but they lost all those coin flips, so it's a huge uphill climb now. I hadn't been paying attention to this game just because the Packers, in a weird way, they are relevant because they're the Packers and they got Rodgers, but their team is not. And when I saw the line that that you like the Packers plus five, I'm like, damn, you know, they're, they're you know, hosting the the Cowboys. And then you realize, or excuse me, I mean, they're, they're on the road. And then you realize once I click the game that no, they're, they're at home. And this would have been a line. I mean, we've talked a lot about look ahead lines. I would imagine at the beginning of the season would be like a, what, a nine point swing the other way. So it shows you how low the Packers, I mean, it's pretty embarrassing. Like just from a gambling standpoint, reflective of the team that is very unbiased, like, that is an embarrassing line. <laughs> I mean, that, that to me reflects like your team is in fucking shambles. And then watching that game last week, every time you look, a dude's limping off the field, dude's in a boot, a dude's hurt. So it's one thing they just haven't played well. And then they just lost a lot of dudes. I mean, one of their best players on defense is out for the season now. And the other thing is, when does Rodgers ever throw picks like that? Like, everyone gets fooled on, like, an out route, right? A, a corner jumps it. It's happened to Brady, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre. Every, but the picks over the middle where the corner runs underneath, like, that's that's a shitty quarterback interception, especially in the in the red zone. My take on, on Rodgers is, like, it'd be human nature. You know, when you get to be great at anything, you don't lose your confidence right away. But after a while, if you start looking around, you've tried everything, nothing's working, I, 
maybe he's lost his confidence a little bit, which would be, I mean, kind of normal for any human being when you're not having success over and over and over again. And if he's lost his confidence, even if it's from 100% down to 80, they are royally fucked. And I, I would, I'd be very leery gambling on them at all. Yeah, I mean, I had to hold my nose. Maybe I'll jinx myself, but this is my, my the Packers have treated me very well. I'm eight zero on betting Packers games this year. Just seem to have a good feel on them. The only time I bet them is against the Bills when uh, they got that back door. But they, you, they covered. They yeah, covered. they did cover. Uh, if you dig into their stats, like they're they're a league at like so. Let's take football outsiders as a uh, measure DVOA to adjust for opponent. People think that the Packers are horrendous and the Vikings are decent. If you look at, and this adjusts for opponent, doesn't account for injury, so it doesn't account for the fact that the Vikings have played some backup quarterbacks. The Packers on offense are 15th. League average offense. The Vikings are 16th. The Packers defense, 18th. Vikings defense, 19th. So what's happened with the Packers is, I mean, they're 12th in net drive success rate, 11th in net yards per play. Their second in rush success rate, you know, 10th in success rate on offense. They actually can move the ball efficiently, mainly through their, they're, they're very good at running the ball, which I think they'll lean on here. And they just don't score. Yeah. They, they've been so unlucky in the red zone with turnovers and fourth downs. They are 20%. They've lost from an EPA perspective, 30 points on fourth down conversions. They are three for 15 and they've been huge fourth downs, just massive swings. And there's also obviously they don't have a lot of explosiveness, but they're able to move the ball, and they're just getting unlucky on turnovers, red zone things that are there's a lot of variance in. You would think that there's some correction, some regression coming. So they're not as bad as they look. They're not great. They're just to me a league average team that's getting unlucky and also you know dealing with some growing pains. The offensive lines had injuries. Now they have injuries on defense, but. This is a must win for them. Rodgers has never been an underdog of more than three points at home. And I think they'll be able to run the ball. I think you'll get a spirited effort. And I think this is just buying the stock at a low point, just like they did against the Bills. And if you think about it, that line closed around 10 at Buffalo. Buffalo was also off of a buy. One of the best home field advantages in the NFL in primetime, too. And the Packers were playing in their fourth stadium in four weeks just got looked awful against Washington and they were catching 10 there on the road. Okay. Let's swing the home field back the other way. And they covered that game, by the way, let's swing the home field back the other way. And we're going to green Bay and Dallas now is laying five on the road in Lambeau. You, you account for the home field. We're basically saying the bills at full strength and the Cowboys are the same. Don't buy it. I think this line should be three. You know, I think the Cowboys should be favored, but um, I think you're catching the Packers. And that's what you really want to do when you're betting the NFL by low. So I think you're catching the Packers at the low point. There could be some regression coming. They've been the unluckiest team in the NFL by far. This is just a league average team. That's what they're going to be all year. You hope they get some breaks, but there's too much value in this number for me to pass up. You know what's crazy looking at points per game is like, Toward the bottom ten are the Bucks and the Packers at eighteen and seventeen point one. I mean, that's I mean, two teams that I mean the Bucks still might get there just based on their division, but we're viewed as like 
I guess depending on who you talk to, as you know, playoff locks and playoff consistent stalwart teams with Brady and Rodgers. And the eye test is as bad as like you just watch them. They they like you said they just can't score. And ultimately, like my always push back on the on the stats, like EP, you know pl- yards per play, the, the rushing stats, the passing. Like ultimately, the point of the game is to have more points than the other team. And you know some of these games, I mean, the Packers just lost to the Lions. It's not like the Lions had fucking thirty points, right? What was the final of that game? Fifteen to nine. Fifteen to nine. I I graded it out as a Packers. Like I grade out what the final scores based on that's as a twelve point win. Um, they had four hundred yards of offense to the Lions two hundred and fifty uh, yards per play five point six to four point five. Yeah, I get what you're saying. There is well, it's 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 red, it's red zone turnovers. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing turnovers. worse than a red zone pick. Uh, fourth downs, they were one for four. Again, they just and the, with the I, I normally agree with you. You can't just look at the stats. There's there's uh, a lot of times there's an underlying story. It's one of the reasons why I love watching the games and and trying to understand from that perspective as well. But like the fourth down thing, I do think is very fluky because they're second in the NFL in rush success rate. They're a good rushing team. Like they should be picking up these fourth downs and then the red zone turn like. Rodgers usually doesn't throw picks. He doesn't turn it over. It's a Hall of Fame quarterback. So, that, was, that was my point on the style of the turnovers, too. Yeah. To me, the throwback pass, you know, fuck, he, he shorted it, whatever. That's a weird play. But the passes over the middle where the guy undercuts, like that, that's a shitty quarterback pick, in my opinion. Yeah, there's, he's definitely um, forcing it. And I think he's a little, you know, just jitterish in the pocket because he's been getting he's just been under fire so much. The good news is their offensive line is like the healthiest that it's been all year. So you hope that you know back to Yari, the rookie Tom that he's splitting snaps was actually playing really well. They got Jenkins back at left guard. You hope that they can. Yeah, I, I assume they're just going to lean on their run game here, short passing attack. That's what you have to do against Dallas, so you don't let the, their defensive line take over the game. You can run on them a little bit. I'm assuming. Uh, you're going to get a best effort from their defense. This is it. Like if they want to make any outside shot at the playoffs, they're three and six. You lose this game, you're done. You, season's over. Um, if you win it and you get the four and six, you know you're in the NFC. Uh, all of a sudden, four and six, you're you're in the playoffs. Like look at the the NFC standings. It's Philly, Dallas, Giants are, have six or more wins. The Vikings have seven. The Seahawks have six. There's still another spot in the playoffs. Everyone else, the next highest is four wins. So you're right there to potentially make a run, but you don't win this game, you're done. So I, I assume you're going to get their best effort, everything they got. Um, and uh, I just think the line's too high, basically. It's crazy. I said the Chiefs can't score. They lead the league in scoring. But, I mean, they do have the Cardinal game, the Niner game. <clears throat> And that, I think that Raider game was at 30 to 29. So they have a couple, three or four high scoring games that probably help boost that a little bit. But yeah, the Chiefs, they don't have the same explosiveness. They, they still have now, granted, the 49ers were decimated by injuries on defense that game. They still have now, and my Jacksonville bet will be toast unless Trevor Lawrence goes off, plays well. If yeah. they, the Chiefs have one of their days every month or so, they, when everything is clicking, it is a spectacle to watch. And then Mahomes is just on another level. You just chalk it up. So they've had a couple, one of those things, but it's not the same explosive. The offensive line isn't playing as well. Um, 
So yeah, the Chiefs are, don't have that same blowout potential on a week to week basis. Well, Stucky, <clears throat> let's uh, let's win some bets. Have a good weekend, bro. Let's have it. a good one. See you. Yep. Good luck. <laughs> volume Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.